0: me. We'll be in Luke and Acts for most of our time this morning. As you remember, we've been in a series entitled Outflow, allowing God's work in us to flow out of us into those who we come in contact with. As we've been in this series, this fountain that's up on the screen that will come next has been important to us, seeing that the Holy Spirit in us it is our source, it is our life, and, and the Holy Spirit overflows in us, and it's to impact us, yes, but not just us. It's to pour out into those who are closest to us, our friends and our family. I want you to know that picture in my mind of many of you gathering around this altar praying for a loved one is still ingrained in my thoughts. I've been praying for you every day. I've been praying for your loved one. And and I challenge you, when you see an answer to prayer, let us know. We want to celebrate with you. God is still reaching people today, and prayer makes a difference. We have to have a reason for the hope that we have to give, and so it must fill us. and, And it's for sure going to impact our family, those who are closest to us, and our friends. But we also know the Lord calls us to reach out to our community. Those who are in proximity to us, we may not know them very well, but they are close to us. Last week, we looked at Mary and we saw this mother of Jesus and, and the things that she could teach us about serving the Lord. And I couldn't get away from that passage of Scripture. I want to start by, by looking at Mary. As you see this next picture of Mary, we often think of, of Mary in this passage of Scripture at Christmas time. This teenage girl who was afraid, and yet she trusted the message from the angel. She trusted the Lord and said, I will be your servant, Lord. If you can work through me, I want you to work through me. I will trust you. She goes to Elizabeth and she finds confirmation of what the Lord has done. And then we find this song that Mary sings. It's there in Luke chapter 1, 46 through 46-79. It's the first passage of Scripture I want us to look at. And, and when we see this song... It kind of amazes me that this is a a teenage girl who is writing these words. While she's afraid and she's trusting the Lord, in her song she acknowledges her need for a Savior. She acknowledges, oh God, you are my Savior. I need a Savior. And she lifts up the amazing works of God, how magnificent He is. But then all throughout this song, Mary recognizes... That Jesus was not just for her, but the hope for all. If you like to take notes, that's the first thought there. Mary recognizes that Jesus was not just for her, but he's the hope for all. Now, it's kind of interesting. I don't know many teenage girls who are accustomed to thinking of anybody besides themselves, but here this young girl who's in a time of crisis... She began to think about others, not just herself. Where did this thought come from? Where did she get this idea that that it was hope for everyone, not just for her? It wasn't her education. Most likely, she didn't have much education. It wasn't her place of prominence in society. Most likely, she was very poor, didn't have a very high place in society. It definitely wasn't her age. We know for a fact that she was young. She didn't have much life experience. But we know... That this would have come from the Lord. The Lord gave her insights on what he was going to do not only in her, but through her. And I got to thinking, what if Mary would have responded differently? What if Mary would have said, you know what? This is amazing. I need a Savior. And he is, he, the, the Lord has given me the Messiah here in my womb. And what if she had baby Jesus and she held him in her arms and said, this is great. This is my Jesus. You know, the rest of the world, they probably won't understand my situation, this circumstance. And worse yet, they may not even receive him. I'm just going to lock Jesus away and keep him for myself. This is my Jesus. Oh, he's so precious. And in fact, if God can do this, the virgin birth, God can do anything. If he wants to reach other people, then he could put a baby in every woman's womb. This is my Messiah. It's mine. This is for me. It's hard to imagine Mary thinking thoughts like that because we've come to know her as this humble servant, obedient to the Lord. But it doesn't seem like such a far stretch for Christians today to see Jesus as something that is mine. Something that is personal. Something that's been given to me. Something that I've been born into and and this is just for me. But yet Mary helps us see that she recognized it wasn't just for her. It was for the world around her. As the Lord began to pour this into my heart on Monday afternoon and most of Tuesday night, when I couldn't sleep, I told you I contemplated emailing you all and saying church is going to be on Wednesday, but I thought I better just wait. I found this picture of Mary so interesting, and then I sensed the Lord direct me to a study of the Pharisees and their encounters with Jesus throughout the New Testament. And uh, we see a picture like this of Jesus. And the Pharisees. Wherever Jesus went, he was faithfully met by opposition. Wherever he went, there was Pharisees everywhere. And in fact, this next screen, I want you just to see it, it maybe up here on the screen. Here we go. I found seventy-seven verses or passages of scripture that dealt with Jesus and the Pharisees. And we're going to take time to read all seventy-seven right now. So get your Bible ready. No. I put them on the screen, and they're in your outline there, because I want you to be visually overwhelmed. Now, I read through all these this week, and I challenge you to take some time to read through them. If, if you are not feeling discouraged, if you're not feeling depressed, read these. It will do a wonder for you. You'll begin to feel, ugh. You'll begin to feel, oh, my goodness. And maybe it make you feel better about your situation when you see what Jesus had to face. But But here's the deal. When Jesus was about his ministry... There was opposition everywhere. Brady, where are you going with this? We'll, we'll bring it back together. The Lord's going to weave this together in just a moment, but, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. And, and not only did Jesus face opposition, not only could he see what they were doing, not only could he hear what they were saying, Jesus had the ability to know their thoughts. And a number of these passages of Scripture, he responds to them before they speak. He responds to their thoughts. Not only would he know what they were thinking, these are the religious leaders. This is the church of God bringing opposition against him. He would have also been aware of the backroom deals that took place to get these particular people in position. He would have been aware at their hypocritical idea of being strict on all the rules on everyone else, but yet when it came to themselves, they would go easy or they would get fuzzy on those things. It's not just once or twice, it's all throughout the Gospels, all throughout the the Bible we find the religious leaders, the church of God in trouble. Now, if I was Jesus, I would have definitely started with fixing the church. All the business leaders tell us, everything rises and falls on leadership. So get that leadership straight. Start weeding out the problems. Start finding all the things that are wrong and writing them. Now, Now, don't misunderstand me. Jesus spoke to the Pharisees at times when he needed to, and he didn't sweep things under the rug, but he did not focus all of his attention on them. Jesus, in the midst of all this, didn't lose sight of his mission. Oh, I would have... I would have lost sight. I would have said, let let me fix the church. This is the church of God. How can I save the world when the very church of God is all messed up? Wrong leaders. Wrong motives. Poor teaching. Amendments to things of God that he never ever signed off on. You see, Jesus didn't let the major problems in the church of God become his focus. If that wasn't his focus, then what did Jesus focus on? We're going to start to get some clarity of where Jesus has taken us here in just a second. Jesus didn't let the major problems of the church become his focus. What did he focus on? Turn with me now to Luke chapter 19. We're going to answer that question. And we're going to see what in the world this has to do with Mary's song. What in the world does this have to do with the passage, Brady, you should not preach on until Christmas? What does this have to do with with Luke chapter 1? What does Luke 19 have anything to do with that? We find Jesus and Zacchaeus. We find this narrative, this account that many of us grew up singing a song about. It's one that we've taught on, we've heard, we have drawn... uh, coloring pages on in children's church over and over if you're new to god listen to this this is an amazing story it's one we talk about often you need to get it into your heart but let's see what jesus wants to say to us luke chapter 19 verse 10 we'll come back to verse 1 in a second many scholars tell us this is the best summary statement of jesus's ministry it's jesus's words himself and luke chapter 19 verse 10 for the son of man jesus speaking of himself came to seek and save that which was lost what is that about we'll go back to verse 1 jesus entered jericho and was passing through a man was there by the name of zacchaeus he was a chief tax collector and was wealthy He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of all my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house, because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. What was Jesus about? For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Go back up to verse 1. A couple of things I don't want us to miss. Jesus was going through Jericho. He was just passing through. He did not have it on his iPhone to stop by and talk to Zacchaeus. He wasn't even planning on being there, but as he was passing through, he was sensitive enough to see something take place. What was it that Jesus saw. You know, sometimes in Scripture we get details that that uh, the writers give to us, and I'm confused sometimes of why we get certain details, and other times I wish we had details and we don't have them. This is one of those that, that perplexed me. Who cares how tall Zacchaeus was? Well, why do we need to know his height? Well, why do we need to know what 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 tree he's in and where he's at? Could it possibly be that maybe Dr. Luke gives us this information because Jesus? Paid attention to it. Because Jesus was watching and he saw who Zacchaeus was. As he was passing through, he took time and he noticed. Zacchaeus he saw that because of his height he had an interest in Jesus He couldn't see through the crowd He wouldn't have been received in the front rows because he was not welcomed in that group because he was the tax collector He was one that they would keep away. He was the cheat. He was the one that they should not hang around with He's the IRS who wants to have IRS over for dinner. We don't want to be around them I don't even like to think about them. who is that person? And and yet Jesus not only saw him he entered into relationship with him. Now, verse 7. The response of the people. Religious leaders were there. The attitude was spreading like cancer all throughout the people. He's eating with the wrong kind of person. Jesus would have known by the first glance of the people who were in the crowd what kind of response they would have had. Here, once again, Jesus did not allow the problems in the church the problems in the faith community to keep him from being about his mission He did not stay focused on the crowd who was there who intentionally gathered for him He looked up to the trees and he saw the one who was seeking who was open and he said I am going to spend time with you I'm going to invest my time with you. I'm going to go to your house today and salvation came to his home well that's for Jesus, right? That's what he was about. That's not for me. He's the Son of God. Hey, just like Mary recognized that Jesus was her Savior, he was the Messiah. She's the very, he's the very Son of God. She held him in her arms. She said, This is my salvation, but it's not just for me. He is the hope for my people, He's the hope for all generations. Everyone can receive salvation who will trust. In him. It was about more than herself. Jesus recognized if he got caught up in the problems of the religious leaders, if he allowed himself to try to get the church all straightened out first, he would never be about the first order of business from his father, and that was to seek and save the lost. He was here for the church, yes. He was here for those who he came to first, yes. But he was here not just for them. He was to go to everyone who would listen. Well, that's Jesus, Brady. That's not for me. Maybe, maybe not. Let's look at our final passage of Scripture this morning. Jesus and Saul. In Acts 26, we find verse 12 through 18 giving us a pretty important picture of what I think Jesus wants to say to us today about outflow. The Holy Spirit in us, for us, yes, yes, Touching our family, yes, but it must reach out to those around us who are close in proximity, yet we may not know well. Acts chapter 26, starting at verse 12. On one of these journeys, I was going to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priest. We have Saul, soon to become Paul, speaking here. About noon... O king, as I was on the road, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, blazing around me and my companions. We all fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the goats. Then I asked, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus. Whom you are persecuting the Lord replied now get up and stand on your feet I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness Of what you have seen of me and what I will show you. I will rescue you (laughs) From your own people and from the Gentiles. Here's the key. Don't miss this 17 and 18 I am sending you I am sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Don't miss this. Don't miss it. The Word of God wants to speak to you. The nourishment for your soul is here today. Don't miss what Jesus wants to say to you. He's saying, Saul, I am sending you. You're the almighty God. You're the one who, who was born, and to marry the virgin, you can do whatever you want. If, if you want to reach the world, just go ahead and put a baby in every woman's womb. You are the, the God of, of all creation. Jesus, you are the one who brought salvation to the tax collector. What do you mean you're sending me? If you can appear in this bright light, if you can strike me down, you can blind me, can't you go where you want to? The Lord says, I am sending you. (laughs) Look at what Jesus does here. He's choosing the one who was blinded by religion. He's choosing the one who was struck down and physically couldn't see for a moment. He's choosing the one who has not had very much time to see authentic Jesus or at least receive him to send him to be the one to turn their eyes from darkness. Couldn't he pick somebody better? What about somebody who had seen so clearly? What about somebody who had great experience with their eyes, but yet the Lord, Jesus, came to Saul and said, I am sending you. Saul, soon to become Paul, He was on his own mission. He was busy. He had a plan. He was working hard at what he thought was righteousness. Look at the beginning of that verse 12, that passage. On one of these journeys, I was going to Damascus with the authority and the commission of who? Chief priests. I'm doing the church of God's work. I'm religious. I'm one of the good guys. I'm trying to eradicate heresy. I'm trying to deal with all the fanaticism. I'm trying to get rid of all the sensational things that are going on. We're going to stick to the old school stuff and nothing more. That was his mission. That's what he was about. And yet Jesus struck him down. And where he was moving with authority of title and position, now he said, I'm sending you what? I'm I'm appointing you as a servant and a witness. So now, as, as a servant, humbly going, I am there to witness to the one who I have seen and the one who is continuing to reveal himself to me. This is a part of what Jesus is doing. He says, I'm sending you to them to turn their eyes from darkness to light. Not only is he sending Saul, he's sending Saul to them. The people he didn't like. The people that he was trying to distance himself from. The people he thought were dangerous. The people his faith community said, don't rub shoulders with them. Keep them at arm's length. They're the wild hammers. Stay away from them. He said, I am sending you to them under the authority of the Lord. Not just to befriend them. Not just to have coffee and try to get them know them over 796 times, and maybe God will come up somewhere, no, no, no. I'm sending you to them to build relationship, yes, but there should be enough of me in you that you should be a servant that, that you should be able to give witness to what you have just seen. Saul, do you need me to strike you down anymore? Do you need me to, to blind you? Do you need me to knock you down to your feet? I am the Lord. Who are you, Lord? <laughs> what do you mean? Who are you, Lord? He, he, he had respect for God. He had knowledge of God, but he didn't have relationship with Jesus. When Jesus was right before him, he said, I am the one you are persecuting. Who are you? I am Jesus. Let me fill your heart in a way that you won't be able to shut up about it. Well, those are the three passages of Scripture I wanted to share with you. But first, they came to my heart. And I saw the call that Jesus was giving, that Jesus calls us to go to our community. That's the next one here. And when he calls us to go to our community, you may feel right now what I felt earlier this week. Lord, I believe this. Conceptually, I love this, but I feel overwhelmed. I am just one man. I am just one pastor in a city that they say is a city of churches, in a city where some say there's too many churches, too many pastors. I don't know that I agree with that. But, but we've got a plethora. What can I do, Lord? What is it that you're calling me to do? What difference would it make? And I sense the Lord say, Brady, what you feel like is a little drop of water, a little eyedropper of hope for someone else. If you would just give this little hope, Two or three times a day, two or three people that you could love in my name. Well, Lord, I, I, I can do that, but if I do two or three things, what good is that going to do? And I just sense the Lord say, Brady, not a whole lot if you just do it once. But what if it was the tone and tenor of your daily life looking for people outside these walls here? You guys are amazing, but 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 it's not just for you and me. <laughs> If I'm not careful, I can get so excited about Jesus for you and me. It's so, hey, friends, this last year of discipleship has been so good. Looking at who Jesus is to us, what he's saying to us, oh, my goodness, what we see him doing, what obedience he's calling us to, and the power, resurrection power he gives to us, Jesus is so good. Look at him. He's great. But, friend, he's not just for me or for you. He's, he's for the world as well. Right. And so as I begin to think, Lord, okay, if it was two or three or, or, or four people where I could just give a drop of love, I, it may be a kind word. It, it, may be, it, it may be seeing a conversation that could happen. It may be serving in a particular way. But, but what, would it, what would it look like, Lord, if, if it wasn't just me? And so the Lord did this strange thing for me. He sanctified. That just means set apart. He sanctified Google for me. That's a tall order. There's a lot of trash all over Google. But, but the Lord took Google Maps, and I just about, about had a heyday. I got so blessed and so excited. This is where I came close to send an email and say, we're going to have church Wednesday as well as Sunday. Because of what I saw. I, I'd never saw this before. i never thought about this before. So I took your address and your zip code. I didn't take your name. And I plotted it in Google Maps. And, and look at what Jesus has done. He's spread us all over Fort Wayne. Now, I just zoomed in on a little bit closer of the Allen County area. We've got people here from, from Ohio. We've got people from the outskirts. I love God's bringing us in from all over the place. But, but I just looked at the concentrated areas and what you can't see on the map. In these little bubbles, there's in the blue circle, there's a number. Four, seven, eight. That's how many people are at that address. I saw one that said 15. That's an apartment complex, not a family of 15. I got kind of excited. I wanted to meet that family. But, but it, these represent multiple people all over the city. And, and then if, if you drill down in, because these bubbles get in the way and, and you can't see what they are. If you drill down in, let's go to this next one here. Maybe. Oh, I don't have it there. You can go back. Uh, if you drill down in, I got it a little bit closer. In and, and, and many places in the city, we've got a dot just about. Every block to two blocks. And the picture of the Lord said to me, Brady, these little drops of love in my name, a kind word, an extra listening ear, open to a conversation of hope when needs be. Discern what is the real need. These little intentional things, a couple times a day, living this way, it would be 14, 21 times a day, times all of you. And these little drops would be all over the city. Now, check this out. This is just Grace Point. And and we could give these drops of Jesus in the name of Grace Point. That would be okay. But but that kind of rings hollow. We could do this in the name of Jesus. And what about every person who called themselves, who really had a relationship with Jesus, called themselves a Christian in Fort Wayne? If we put the dots all over this page, you couldn't even see the streets. You wouldn't be able to see it. You couldn't, oh, that would preach right there. You can't see the streets for all the Christians that are around and the light that they're shining. And then it became clear to me. Let's go on to the next one. Next slide. If we could collectively do this with the body of Christ, it would rain down the love of Jesus all over our city. we just saying, open up the floodgates. Let the river flow. Oh, it's so good, Jesus, rain down on me. But what if, if we had seen it raining out on those around us? But there's a, there's a problem. As I was praying, I said, Lord, this sounds so good. This map is encouraging. This is kind of exciting. What could stop this? And I sensed Jesus take me to these scriptures right here. Let's go to the next slide. What keeps this from happening? Focusing on that. Huh? We are you talking about, Brady? Let, let me tell you the reason the Lord brought this message to us today. Oh, it's good to hear about Mary and how she gave Jesus to the world. That's good. It's good to see Zacchaeus. Oh, I love thinking about Jesus looking beyond the crowd and seeing up in the trees. That's good. I love seeing Saul. He gets get set straight and the Lord sends him to them. Hey, hey, friend. Here's the key for most of us here today. What will stop us reaching our community? That stop. Some of us are so upset about problems we see in the church of God that it becomes our focus. I'm preaching at you. I'm preaching to the mirror. It gets so aggravated that something happened in the denomination. I don't like it. I can fix it. They just asked me, didn't ask me. Jesus didn't call me to focus on that. Ooh, ouch, Jesus. There's, you know, Grace Point's a great church, but there's something that bothers me. Well, <laughs> you've only found one thing? Come talk to me. I'll give you ten more. You know what will stop this? We make that our focus. Some of us, it's not the wounds that we've had by religious leaders or church institutions, we're a part of it. Oh, i got to get my notes. Look, I, I started looking for themes in this. It's too, it's too good. It's too good. It, it, here, those verses, here's what it is. On what authority do you do this? A lot of those said that. Who said that you have the authority? Power struggle. Go ahead and focus on it. Focus on it. You stop what it is that Jesus wants to do. We've never seen that before. That's what they said. You ever heard that in the church today? I don't know. That's kind of out there. I've not seen that before. Why are you with those people? We need a holy separation. That's what they said. Well, plotting control. <laughs> Have you ever sensed in our society a plotting for control? I'm not trying to beat up the church today. I love the church. I'm a part of the church. You and I, we are the church. But friends, let's be honest. We focus on this stuff and that becomes our mission and we try to make ourselves look better, try to make ourselves be better. I'm not saying we don't speak correction where there needs to be. I'm not saying that Jesus didn't deal with it, but it wasn't his focus. And there was times he said, I could look at the crowd of all the problems or I could look to the one who is hungry. And Jesus says, that's what I'm here for. And guess what? He's sending you to do the same thing. I don't know, Brady. I want to see a sign. Of proof, <laughs> that's what they said. This is a, kind of sounds out there, kind of wigged out, a little charismatic, a little bit something else. Whose authority is what's Friend, we're, we're in the same company. Is it of Jesus or not? You know what they didn't say, but what their heart was screaming. It hurts my feelings. People cheer for you, Jesus, and they didn't come to synagogue when I was leading. People cheer for you, Jesus, and they're losing attention to me. I think Jesus wants to say something to us today, friend. He says, instead of focusing on this, what if you would focus on this? For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. I am sending you, Jesus said to Saul. Brady, I'm not the apostle. I know you're not. (laughs) Could you be the murderous problem for the church that Saul was? If he could use Saul, he could use you. I, I don't know. I don't even have that kind of, you know, personality. If he could use Mary, a teenage girl who had no education, no standing in society, no wealth, no experience. He chose her because he wanted to choose her. I know she was a virgin. There was lots of other virgins. Why did he choose her because he wanted to he chose her and, and he chose to give hope for the world here's the deal. I believe that In the next couple of weeks The lord's going to equip us the how and all that stuff. We'll get there But none of it makes sense. None of it even gives Credence in our heart until we understand this truth We will see this as a sermon or a campaign or a series Not a mission in life Go back one slide. If we focus on that. So here's what I'd like you to do. If you'd stand with me. We're just about done. Oh, we are so on time. Unbelievable on time. As if that mattered. (laughs) Those who are willing, would you just put your hands up to Jesus like this? If you'd close your eyes and bow your head, that'd be great. If that freaks you out, just look at your shoes. I just want us to focus on the Lord, not someone around us. I want you to imagine in your hand right now the 77 verses of the Pharisees. For you... In your hand, maybe it's not these verses Maybe it's the thing about the church That drives you crazy Maybe it's the way that you've been wounded By religious leaders somewhere Maybe it's the thing in an organized church That you just see as a problem And friend, every one of those verses was true They weren't made up They were real problems They were real failures And Jesus addressed them But he didn't focus his life on them I want you just to imagine that in your hand If you can't imagine it Then you just think of the problems that the pharisees thought of If you don't have your own problems Others of us In your hands right now This is harder Oh this is harder I want you to place in there times when you've been tempted to think Some of the thoughts the pharisees had I don't know about this This just kind of wigs me out This is a little bit out of my control who who gave them or, or that group or that person authority to do this? They went around me. I'm the one in authority. I, I want to see a sign. Prove it to me before I obey. This is the stuff that was problems in the church of God that have not gone away. And not to be like Mr. Downer, it probably won't go away. But the mission of God is still here I'm going to pray And as your hands are open I'd like you just to offer this to Jesus and, and if you'd like to join me in this exercise When you sense you're ready If your heart Don't do this if you don't mean it in your heart If your heart's ready to say I'm going to let go of that stuff And I'm going to focus on the mission of God When you're ready I want you just to lift your hands to heaven with me And say Jesus I want your mission Not because I'm good enough, not because I'm I'm powerful enough, but if you can use Mary, if you can use Zacchaeus, if you can use Saul, then, then maybe you can use me. But as Pastor Edgar leads us in this song, let's let this be our heart of response to the Lord today.